1: We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It was
0: 1989, my thoughts were short, my hair was long. Some Hi, this is Conor McDavid from your
1: Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 chat
0: She was far from in between. It was summertime in northern Michigan. Friday and in the summer and Friday we take the show down a little bit different path and today's last week we talked about horror movies and this Friday uh, we were talking about your favorite uh, summertime songs. Keep them coming. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Tell you that guests on the show receive certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Bob Stoffer, Derek Scott, Brendan Escott with you and we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline and hook up with mark Spector from Sportsnet for the horses and horse racing alberta presenting live thoroughbred racing friday and saturday at century mile racetrack and casino parking and admission are free for more information head to thehorses.com hello spec how you doing no pretty fair bobby how you how you doing i'm doing all right doing all right uh tell me this do you have a specific when you think of summer what's one of the songs that comes out right away Well,
1: let's see. I think of summer. I think of, you know, a band like the Beach Boys had 100 summer songs. I think of uh, Didn't Bon Jovi Do Summertime. I think of Dancing Days was a Zep tune. That was about summer. Uh, You know who else did a couple that that were good for summer, Bobby? Remember the band called the B-52s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do Rock Lobster. And, you know, one of my favorite guitar riffs, in a rock tune from when I was a kid was from uh, 52 Girls. And I think that was about girls lying around on the beach in the summer. So somewhere there in there is my favorite summertime tune, Bobby.
0: All right. Uh, it's funny because uh, on yesterday's show, Jack Michaels was on, and he uh, I got four separate texts from different guys listening to the show. I'm not talking about people texting the Ashley Fine Floors text line, like sending me direct texts. Uh, Jack doesn't like Billy Joel, which was somewhat understandable. I kind of get that a little bit. He, Billy Joel isn't for any everybody but he he took rush over the tragically hip which i i, I you know i like kenny lee too but come on like well, m- rush tragically was hip hit, man like
1: rush was the hip before the hip with the hip right when the hip came along they were like the rush begat hip you, you think so i think so i don't would there have been a
0: hip without rush and and jack also said he didn't like that. jack said he didn't like the police like who doesn't like the police? Oh, I like the police. Yeah, I'm with uh, you. Like everybody kind of likes the police. I don't know, like, I like, poli- I don't know yeah, a lot they're... of people that don't like the police. So no, we like the police back in our day. They were they were awesome. Absolutely. Uh, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. All right, uh, spec. Uh, so arbitration got announced yesterday. Uh, the dates and there is a theoretical. Uh, Basically, between the PA and the league, they get a split. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting how they decide the dates, and the PA sort of is of interest to see how the Yesa yarvi scenario gets settled. And it, we should remind people that when it comes to arbitration in the National Hockey League, about ninety percent of the time, the cases get settled before they hit the arbitrator.
1: I remember say that. More. Yeah. I'd say more higher than ninety. Right.
0: It, it, you know it's kind of it's kind of like with civil cases, lawyers would tell you that about ninety to ninety five percent of all civil cases get settled before it ever makes it into the court, right? It I know so. that in
1: twenty in twenty twenty, not a single case was decided that, right. by an arbiter. Yeah. and I think in twenty one, there was only one, if I'm not mistaken. So. You know, one in the last, maybe two last year, I forget. But either way, in the last couple of years, there's been almost, there's been two uh, this year of all the cases. I think you might see one come out this year. You know, there's no, there's really no, for instance, with the Flames and Kachuk, there's no relationship left there um, to preserve. They um, may take that thing right to arbitration.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know what, before we get to poliarvi and Yamamoto, we had Eric Francis on Tuesday. He gave us the lay of the land. Pat Steinberg, since then, the story gets out. It's official that Kachuk has basically told the Flames he will not sign an extension here. Mark, you wrote the definitive book on the Battle of Alberta. This is, this is not the, the chapter you thought you were going to be writing after the two teams met in the playoffs. I mean, it was that series was so good that, you know, with the NHL going to ESPN and TNT, which is huge long term for the NHL. It's a big deal down in the States. Yeah. But you had shows that were, uh, you know, at this time of the year, were completely dedicated to basketball saying the Edmonton Calgary series is the series the NBA wishes that it had. I mean, it was just from a pure entertainment value. Yeah, there were a lot of goals. There was some bad goaltending, some goals scored from other area codes, but the games were electrifying and exciting. And, and Mark, As I sat there in game five and the Oilers, you know, with the four goals and whatever it was, a minute and 15 seconds or whatever, and then the game goes to overtime. The last thing I thought was when Connor McDavid scored, we might not see Johnny Goodrow and Matthew Kachuk as Calgary Flames next year. It just seems complete. It's staggering when you think about it.
1: Well, and the thing about that Battle of Alberta that we loved, other than the fact it was the first one, and what was it, Bob? Was it 31 years? Um, yeah, 2000, or 1991. What we loved about it was, I mean all fans loved it because their team won uh, to be honest, it was a five game series. most times five game series don 't go down in history as great series, but there was so much juice in that series we 'd waited so long for Edmonton and Calgary to play. The fans were so jacked, so many weird things happened inside of five games I mean it was nine to six, and it was a goal from the other area code and there was these stretches of five goals in four minutes and all this stuff. So win, lose, or draw, what we really loved about that series was the promise that there was more to come, that we're finally re-entering 30 years later, an era where Calgary has to go through Edmonton to get anywhere, and Edmonton has to go through Calgary to get anywhere. And and, and that's, to me, like I love what we watched last year, but I also love the thought that, okay, this is the first of hopefully many chapters that are going to play out, and all of a sudden, goodrell has gone, and all of a sudden, Kachuk's on his way out, and and you know, I still think Calgary's going to compete, and I don't think that Anaheim is. I don't think San Jose is very good. I think there's every chance that was that Calgary's going to make the playoffs, but it's not. You know, I want a strong Calgary team, and I want a strong Edmonton team. We loved the old days, Bob, when they were the best two teams in the West, and it was trending that way again. And all of a sudden, that fell off the face of the earth in Calgary in the last 10 days.
0: We will tell you, there's a little bit of breaking news. It does not involve the Edmonton Oilers uh, around the National Hockey League. It involves the Columbus Blue Jackets. They've agreed to terms on a multi-year contract with Patrick Laine. Uh, Laine's $7.5 million qualifying offer was set to expire today at uh, 5 Eastern. And uh, the Blue Jackets have just made it official now. So uh, they're one of the teams that sends you everything. Uh, Line A gets a four-year contract extension uh, worth $8.7 million AAV through the 25-26 season. So for the next four years, four years, $8.7 million for Patrick Line A. Speck, your thoughts? I mean, I'm, I'm asking you to quickly evaluate. Give it to me. What do you think A lot.
1: Well, I like the fact that Columbus has staking a claim here. Columbus is all in you know they went and got good which surprised everybody. They've got an excellent player in line and they didn't let him go. Uh, Columbus has been the most one of the most vanilla teams in the National Hockey League ever since the day they were they came in in expansion. And I'm happy to see line Kekalainen trying to do something with that club. They've been a middle of the road team forever and they in the last 2 weeks they just signed two genuine top uh, top-line NHL superstars. Uh, that can only bode well for a team that needs to show itself. It's won one playoff series in its history, Bob. That's not good enough.
0: You know, Columbus is in a situation here. Let's not forget with Line age, uh spec. He scored 80 goals in his first two years in the National Hockey League, 36 and 44 goals for the Jets. And the Jet fans, when Austin Matthews would come into town, used to chant, Line A's better. Well, he's not. Uh, you know, and he ends up getting moved for Dubois and now it sounds like Dubois is trying to get himself to Montreal so uh, there you go a four year extension for Patrick Laine he stays with the Columbus Blue Jackets organization that is an 8.7 million dollar AAV and that is our NHL Today uh, update for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist, head to elitepromomarketing.com. Uh, another couple notes no news so far on Nazim Qadri nor on John Klingberg. Speck, here's where the conspiracy theory comes in with those two guys. The period. Okay? Who do we never hear anything out of uh, that's uh, in the. Uh, there's three teams in this city. We never hear anything out of one organization. Long Island, Long Island, the, Long Island. right? The Islanders, right? Are they in on Kadri, or conversely, is um, are the uh, Colorado Avalanche Chris McFarland, who's going to be one of the quieter general managers? I can tell you that uh, is he quietly working behind the scenes to divest himself of a guy like Samuel Girard? You got to admit, we're nine days into free agency here and Cottery and Klingberg are considered two of the top ten guys out there, and they still don't have deals yet, Spec.
1: Yeah, it's strange. Uh, it's odd. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, what, I, what you usually don't see is players um, banking on a, some kind of a promise from a team, saying, give me a few more days, I'm trying to move some guys, give me a few more days. Generally speaking, a top player and agent, I'm not going to say panics, but they've got enough options, Bob that they don't have to wait for Alou Lamorello or for Colorado to trade a couple guys. I saw a report out of Colorado uh, two days ago saying that uh, the feeling wasn't that Gerard was going to get moved. So, you know, I'm not sure what to say. I'll tell you this. Gerard, uh, Colorado could divest themselves of Gerard. They've got an excellent defense. He's just more of what they have. If they could move Gerard to sign Caudry, that would be by far the smartest move. Uh, I'm going to ask you this, too. Like, at what point here does does Brad Tree living start to use that cap space that Joe's not using, right? When's he going to uh, – I get it. He didn't panic the very next day and go out and spend all his money. That's wise. But uh, I still love Kadri and Calgary.
0: Yeah, well, and I'll tell you right now, if they're going to lose Kachuk, but if they'd had Kadri – if Kachuk hadn't – if he had elected to stay and they'd replace Goodrow with uh, Kadri – I think they would have been more difficult to beat for the Oilers. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I believe that. Like, for sure. For sure. <laughs> a better
1: player than Gaudreau. I, if you if you gave me both guys at the same price and you said you could have either one, I'd take Kadri on my team ahead of Gaudreau every day.
0: I mean, look at the strength. I mean, even if they do it, like let's just say they go and sign Kadri, Kadri, Lindholm, and Backlund down the middle, very strong. Like, and, and guys that play well against the Edmonton Oilers, twelve forty-five in Edmonton. All right, Mark, let's circle back to the Edmonton Oilers. Holy RV uh, has the first Arab hearing and then Kyler Yamamoto again, 90% of the time these things get settled. Um, is there any way possible that the Edmonton Oilers could get both guys signed and have them both here to start the year, in your opinion?
1: Oh, yeah. I don't think Yamamoto will go to arbitration. I think they'll sign. This is a player that wants to play here and a team that wants the player. That That – uh, recipe almost you know high ninety percent ends up in in a uh, contract being struck before the player goes to arbitration. The difference with Poyarevi is that you know it's my reporting and my understanding is Poyarevi would rather be somewhere else, and the Edmonton Oilers are very wary of a Poyarevi making too much money. So that has all the ingredients of a recipe that actually goes to arbitration. Frankly, if I had to, you know, if you and I were betting right now, right. Uh, I would uh, the chance of both going are almost nil. Yamamoto they'll sign. Poyarvi, you know Polarvi's tough because he's in a really interesting spot, Bob. If he wants a fresh start elsewhere, getting an arbitration contract of three million dollars isn't going to help him. Ken Holland can't, can't move this player today making 1.4 with arbitration pending. He can't move him. He's been trying and trying and trying and trying. He can't
0: move him for any kind of a reason. Because people return. don't know what the arbitration is going to come in. That's part of the reason why they're challenged to move
1: Okay, him. but if, if I trade, you know, if I'm Columbus, let's say, because we've been talking about the Blue Jackets, if I'm Columbus and I trade for Paul and he's making 1.4 with a pending arbitration, uh, should you should then have a player who wants to play for you and a player that you want, and you should be able to come to a deal. You should be able to get, you would be able to get, Bob, permission from Ken Holland to negotiate a contract with Jesse FC Plyarvi and then make the trade. So that that arbitration shouldn't scare off suitors. They should be able to make a deal with Pogliarvi and, and agent Marcus Leto, uh, but... I don't see Pugliarvi getting traded, and that tells me there's not a lot of interest out there.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah it's going to be interesting. So here's the thing. Here's the next part of this between Pugliarvi and Yamamoto. I mean, we all know, like, basically right now, the Edmonton Oilers, by my count, uh, excluding the LTIR, are at $76.25 million. Um which would give them $6.25 million left. And you could look at Yamamoto. That's for Yamamoto, Pogliarvi, McLeod. And that's carrying one extra forward and no extra defenseman. So they'd be tight against it. They can move some guys around, et cetera. Uh, but, and, it's, and people say, well, why not just trade Fogle? Well, he's got two years of $2.75 million. Part of what's happened here is there's no market because teams like Anaheim and Arizona aren't spending. Like, Anaheim's still $10 million underneath the floor spec. So... If you're Edmonton, can you risk going out? Like, we've got people that listen to the show that have made suggestions on players. Like, you know, some people said, well, why don't the Oilers look at, uh, as an example, Phil Kessel. Would Phil Kessel come in on a one-year deal at a million bucks and do the Corey Perry? Well, that might make sense. I don't, you know, I think there'd be concerns about his defensive ability. um, Where I think he'd have to play second line right wing, and that might bump a guy like Yamamoto down. Another person mentioned Sonny Milano. Would make sense, or Dan Heinen might make sense, or what about Evan Rodriguez? I think Rodriguez has got to have a deal somewhere. I just I'm stunned that it this has gone on as long as it has. You know, Milano? Mm, okay, I could be a little interested in him. Like he's got some skill. I kind of like that. Uh, Lots of skill. Small guy with skill. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the, you know, so where I'm going with this here, Mark, is if you're the Oilers, can you risk dipping your toe back in a free agency before you have a resolution with Paul Yarvey and Yamamoto?
1: No I, I mean I think let's let's start at the start. McLeod's not going to take much money. he's got no uh, negotiating rights. he's going to be a 1.1 mm-hmm. million dollar player. He's not going cost you much but the other two guys, you need cost certainty. you can't paint yourself into a corner and I'll tell you right now sure the orders the orders are, are more than open to trading Fogo. we've all known that for some time. But why are the Oilers trading him? Because he makes more money than than he produces. He's not always being overpaid at his production rate. Well, that guy's hard to trade. You know, you know what you got to do, Bob. You're going to end up trading him with a team like St. Louis that has a uh, an excess of defensemen that make a few of them too much money. You know, they got Marco Scandella there. They haven't been happy with. Right? I don't forget what he makes. He's making like three million bucks at least. Uh, Sure, you could trade Fogle for him. Now, instead of having an overpaid left winger, you get overpaid defenseman. (laughs) You know, so it's hard to move Fogle. And as everybody in the league knows here, it is hard to move money. You trade a value contract in a heartbeat. Trying to trade a guy like Fogle that you're unhappy with because you paid him too much. You know, they couldn't move Cassian without tying two draft picks to him. Uh, It is very difficult to move money right now, and, and we're seeing it everywhere.
0: All right, Mark. Well, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Thank you for once again joining us here on Oilers Now. Pleasure, Bobby. Have a great uh, weekend, my friend. All right. There you go. That's Mark Spector. It is 1251 in Edmonton. We'll get to some of your texts, some of your texts on your favorite. This episode is brought to you by Hyperrice summer songs uh, when we continue, and also a bunch of texts on Yessa polyarvi and the situation with arbitration as well.
1: With the clings, man
0: of Welcome back, everybody. It is 12.53 in Edmonton. There you go. That's one of my favorite summer songs from the cars. Uh, Derek Scott is with us. Now, Derek, uh, on top of uh, Oppen, and we've known each other all the way back to the days of uh, when Spec joined me on uh, Total Sports. Absolutely. Uh, But you've also worked uh, a fair amount as a DJ over the years. Yeah, ever since I was 18. Okay, so what do you call that when you blend in two different audio tracks at the same time? Uh, Either crossfading, beat mixing when you're you're really in the club and you want to get two songs to sound, you know, right, uh, right. on point with one another, but just a simple crossfade like we just did there. A crossfade, all right. Yeah. You know who can't do that? Who's that? Me. Oh. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I barely know how to turn on the mics. Well, so. that's why I'm here, Bob. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I can tell you that uh, there has been a couple times, very rarely, when I've actually... Uh, when we traveled over to Sweden and Germany and Sweden we had to bring our own radio equipment with us normally wherever we go uh, you know they've got a broadcast location the equipment's all set up with the engineer but uh, long story short we had to take our own equipment to uh, to Germany and Sweden and then we went into New York City on our way back we went Boston and then into New York to play the Rangers on a Saturday afternoon, and the uh, engineer did not show up. But, oh, no. But because I had the extra set of equipment down on the team bus at MSG, um, uh, I raced downstairs, and in Madison Square Garden, you basically walk up about seven uh, seven stories and the walk up and down to the bus oh man was I sweating hauling out Ooh, I can imagine I, had, uh, I remember the uh, Rangers owner came by and kind of looked at me if the security guy had saw me with his equipment and, and go, he just kind of laughed right? like this James Dolan it was funny alright uh, you can uh, keep the summer songs coming you can sign us at a 780 uh, Texas 7804960063 on the Ashley Fine Forest text line out of Edmonton this text comes in is it possible that we see Paul Yarvey signed for 2 to 2.5 million to facilitate a sign-and-trade. Um, it is possible, in fact, that, that would probably uh, be the most likely scenario to help move this process along. Okay? Doesn't necessarily mean that Marcus Later wants to go down that path. Uh, again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, Bob, why can't the owners just turn around and tell Jesse that look, we can't come to a deal and you can go to free agency. They can't because he makes under 4.3 million dollars. Because he makes under 4.3 million dollars. Or I mean here's what's going to happen. When he goes to arbitration. So uh, he's going to arbitration. The Oilers have, ex- you know, they extended a qualifying offer. So now they have to engage in arbitration. And that means that yes, a whatever the arbitrator decides, if it ultimately goes to the actual arbitration process, assuming that it's less than like 4.3 million, the orders would have to, uh, theoretically just accept the deal. Now it doesn't mean they can't turn around and trade them from that point. That is a possibility. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063, uh, Big D from Camero says, Bob, you raced up the stairs at, uh, up the, up the walk at MSG. I did. Uh, oh, we've got, uh, summer nights from Greece. Bob, what about all summer long from Kid Rock? We just ran that. Did you, you must've missed that part of the show. Uh, again, 780-496-0063. Keep the summer songs, uh, coming. Um. Hodge, who's one of the better texters to the show, says, I find correlations to 2006 when Edmonton could have faced the higher-seeded Calgary Flames. Uh, Edmonton beat Detroit and, and Calgary would have beat Anaheim. There was a genuine excitement about the potential battle of Alberta in those playoffs, and like this year's conclusion, there was a belief that the Alberta teams would both uh, be significant at the same time again for the foreseeable future. Unfortunately, Edmonton suffered the same fate then, which Calgary now finds themselves in. If Calgary manages to make the playoffs this year, it will not be because they have the best line in hockey. They will become a true top team that benefited from great goaltending, not the recipe for another exciting battle of Alberta. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What what happened there? Okay, there we go. Did that come over nice and loud on the air there? Okay. We need a little WD-40 there. on the old mic arm, I think. There there we go. Um, yeah, that's a fair assessment. I mean, in 2006, we all thought the orders were going to be playing Anaheim. or uh, We all thought the orders were going to be playing the uh, uh, Calgary Flames instead of Anaheim 1-7. Um, Emogen ended up getting uh, uh, San Jose in round two. Anaheim got color. Was that the year Anaheim? Yeah, Anaheim got Colorado in 06 in round two. Because uh, that was your loophole, got the four goals in the one game. And away you go. 12.57 in Edmonton. Uh, Bob, what about Patio Lanterns by Kim Mitchell? Well, Mark Spector, uh, what, well, he was looking for a song from the B-52s. Coming up in hour number two, we'll tell you that uh, we are going to have Ian Herbers on, the former Oiter player and coach, who's the head coach at the University of Alberta. Uh, one of the Oilers two radio play-by-play voices, Cam Moon, and Brendan Escott will do a crossover with us for the upcoming Elks versus Bombers game. Just to confirm, uh, is it still Eileen doing news, or did I need to check the script here and check the updates? I think I got – okay. Uh, Eileen uh, Bell will have a global news weather traffic update at 1, 30, uh, 1 o'clock. You're listening to Oilers Now.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.